WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. I'm Kevin Millar, joined now on the phone by Tackle Terry Tuma. And good morning, Terry. Welcome to the program. Thanks for uh, for being on this Saturday morning. And uh, great to have you on as always. Thanks for being here. Well, you're so welcome. And thank you so much, Kevin. It's always great to visit with you and to all of our listeners. Yeah. And, you know, it's just uh, good. We were talking here just a few moments ago and uh, talking a little bit about uh, uh, smallmouth fishing. We've got a couple of uh, uh, tournaments in town this weekend, some uh, some high school tournaments or a big high school tournament and a, a big college tournament this weekend. And uh, certainly uh, uh, a fair share of smallmouth are being caught this weekend and uh Wanted to talk a little bit about uh, about catching smallmouth and uh, Terry, uh, uh, talk a little bit about uh, uh, what we were talking about here about uh, uh, some ways to to catch smallmouth. You were you were mentioning. Yeah, well, first of all, Kevin, I just got a phone call just before the program. Uh, is I'm missing smallmouth? How come I'm getting the bite, but I mi- can't get a good hook set in them? And what we really uh, need to take a look at here when this is taking place. At the bait or lower size is either it's probably and could be a little bit too big. I told this individual he was using the wacky worm and he had five inch, uh, the generals. And I told him uh, he didn't have any four inch. I said just snip off an inch or so and see if that'll help. The other two is is change the weight uh, to either a faster or slower fall. Uh, that's also a big ingredient. I also told him let the smallmouth chew on it a little bit, uh, you know, and and then maybe two. Uh, suggesting to him that he's setting a hook too quick or not quick enough. So that's another factor, too. And, um, you know, the hook size is also how, how you're placing it in the plastics uh, is another ingredient in missing these fish. Avoiding monofilament line, going to a forecomers under really mm-hmm. ideal, Kevin, for this. And then um, I use a lot of the maxis and plastics, and that allows the bass to hold on just a speck longer uh, it's not going to, you know, let them hang on forever, but just enough uh, of a taste to get a good hook set. The other big factor is using the right rod. Okay. What? Yeah. What kind of a rod would you be? You know, kind of a, a rod tip maybe that uh, that you would be looking for that that would be best for those situations. Well, generally speaking, uh, depending on, you know, if you're going to a spinning rod, which I use spinning rod for casting small crankbaits for smallmouth, very, very productive, but I use a bait caster for fishing plastics, and I like a uh, tip that's a little bit softer, Kevin, um, but also the backbone being uh, stiff enough to really provide a quick, solid hook set. If you got a bass on, I do this so awful. I do it with walleyes and uh even sunfish. I've been fishing sunfish too in deeper water, and um, but not on the river. But also too is I'll set that hook. Uh, you know, not just a one time, but set it a couple times, Kevin, uh, just to make sure that you got a solid hook up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I can see. Yeah, you would need that. You'd need that. That you know, you want that. That I, I'm guessing here, you would want that that softer tip to be able to kind of feel that bite. But you want something to back it up, you know, something stout enough to back it up that when you do make that hook set, yeah, you've got enough power behind it to to, to drive that hook home. That, that exactly. You said it uh, fully, and that that's correct. The other two is that 
I think so often, Kevin, and I hear this comment so often, well, we see the line move, we see the line move. I never personally ever wait for the line to move. Uh, I don't, I watch the line, yes, but more so uh, when I'm seeing maybe a little slack pick up, uh, then I, I set the hook. Um, but many times it's a lot of concentration and really paying attention to that ultimate kick. You know, just something doesn't feel quite right, set the hook. I think so often we are waiting for this more of a solid dump, if you will, mm-hmm. or watching for line movement, and I think we miss a lot of fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because and, and correct me if I'm wrong, too, um, you know, we've talked about, you know, uh, like panfish with that that subtle bite in you know a lot of times they'll they'll kind of pick that that bait off a off a hook you know same sort of thing will hold true for bass as well oh you're right yes and it's just amazing how you know how these fish can and like i said i will talk a little bit about uh, you know catching sunfish in a tip but also too it's just amazing how they can clean you know, a bait off, uh, you know, especially live bait, you know, if it's a leech or whatever, how they can clean that off and you don't even get a hook set whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, you know, bass, I guess, are just sort of, you know, a larger equivalent. You know, they, they do sort of the same, they can do the same sort of thing as well. So it's... Oh, oh yes, they can. And, you know, and really, you know, bass are the members of the sunfish family. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, so, you know, they're, you know, it just, you know, I think really there's uh, two maybe basic factors uh, is experiment with what's going to work. You know, why is it not working? Like this individual that called me this morning, uh, what am I doing wrong or what can I do to catch these smallies? And the other thing, too, is uh, we got to concentrate on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and while you were, um, uh, you know, talking about... Um, you know the these these smallmouth uh, as well. Well, let me ask. Let me actually let me back up here as well. Does it necessarily matter to what um, what you're using, uh, whether it's a, a crankbait or you you were talking about like a wacky worm and things like that? Is it is it necessarily uh, the lure choice as well? Is it uh, you know, does that play a f- how much of a factor does that play as well? It plays a big big factor, Kevin. Generally speaking, and I don't we ever talked about in the past, I call it climbing the ladder. And that, that's also uh, for smallmouth and so forth. I, personally, I generally start out with, uh, with crankbaits, uh, mm-hmm. usually for smallmouth and number four, uh, shad wrap or the corresponding with Berkeley with the new, I think they call it the money dredger. Uh, you know, starting out with something like that and just working a specific uh, area, you know, and not just one spot, but maybe a whole, maybe like, for instance, rip racker or whatever it is, a rock ledge or whatever it may be. And then immediately after that, depending what kind of success, then immediately after that, I'll follow up with plastics. Uh, generally speaking, it can be uh, wacky worm, but tubes can be productive. Uh, some of the creatures can be productive. But generally speaking, that's how I, I start. Always starting for more of the aggressive approach and also uh, a reaction bite. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And, and okay. Uh, and, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, the other thing I should mention, too, is that, you know, we have, and if you watch anglers, so many anglers will cast into, straight into, almost like perpendicular to the boat, you know, casting to that specific location. I usually start um, to my right, 
to my left and going to go to the center. Because what you're doing now, you are able to make longer cast, and then you are able to be in that strike zone much longer by doing that. Okay. All right. I can see that. Uh, I can see that. Uh... Uh, that pattern, I, I mentally, I can I can visualize that how that uh, how that would work as well. Okay, that uh, that makes a lot of sense. All right. Um, now, one of the things that you were talking about, uh, um, you mentioned as well, uh, was just you know monofilament and things like that. Uh, one of the things that uh, wanted to touch on as well was uh, line and things like that. And I don't think we've talked about this a, a, a great deal. Is um, is you know when do we want to change out our line and and how often do we want to do things like that and and you know what do we want to change it to perhaps and and um and and maybe talk a little bit about line weight as well well uh, yeah that's a good question Ke- uh, kevin i think it's often overlooked except for some of the hardcore tournament anglers mm-hmm. but we need to change uh you know monofilm and fluorocarbon change it throughout the summer depending of course how much you fish but no matter what species you're fishing for uh line wars out you know and uh sun affects it heat affects it just wear and tear and what i'll do is i out of i've changed line quite a little bit already especially uh uh, the monofilament and also the fluorocarbon. But what I do so many times, I run into my uh, between my thumb and forefinger. If it feels like a little bit coarser or whatever, then I change it automatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, and something that we we need to accept. And the other factor too is that sometimes we don't uh, realize that there's a nick in the line, and a nick in the line will uh, reduce the poundage of this by up to fifty percent. So if you're fishing with 10-pound, actually you're fishing with 5-pound test line. With uh, braided line, you don't have to be concerned about that. Uh, that I don't change, you know, maybe every couple of years, unless if I want to uh, feel that it's starting to show some wear and tear or uh, if I just want to go to a different poundage of test. Yeah, I was going to say, that was that was going to be my follow-up question, is is some of those those braided lines that, you know, how often do you change something like that? You know, mono, yeah, you're right. I can see that where you'd want to change that out. It's not that expensive to change, and, and certainly it's not as, as durable as, say, some of the braids and some of those super lines that uh, uh, that are on the market. And, you know, it, it's uh, it's pretty easy to change that out um, and, and fairly inexpensive to change as well. Yeah, it really is, Kevin, you know, and then I can still recall an angler came up and mentioned to me uh, he didn't change his fishing line in the spring. He had a big walleye on, and all he was, and I don't recall if he lost that walleye or not, but he said to me, was thinking, you know, I didn't change my fishing line. And, uh, you know, that's not the right time to be thinking about that, but it's something that we have to address. You know, fishing line is our only connection between us and the fish. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, the proper poundage of test, the color of the line, uh, are all ingredients in being successful on any body of water. Well, that's, and, and to kind of follow up on that as well, then, um, do you change out, and, and maybe you do it situationally too, um, do you change out? Um, you know, maybe you know, mono-backed or something like that, and then tie on some fluorocarbon, you know, maybe just swap out the fluorocarbon, you know, leave the mono-backing, things along those lines. You'll do those kinds of changes, uh, de- maybe depending on what, you know, what scenario you're, you're, you're in at the moment, you know, or, or going to fish or something along those lines. 
Yes, generally, but generally speaking, Kevin, you know, with braided line, then you want to use uh, either a monoliter or fluorocarbon liter, uh, one or the other, or snell. Uh, but with uh, braided line, uh, with uh, strictly mono uh, or fluorocarbon, generally speaking, I don't uh, change uh, uh, or you know put a liter on, if you will. Uh, but I think too here too, what we have to understand and realize that mono has a lot of stretch. I use mono for uh, many times for jigging for walleye, depending on the situation over fluorocarbon. But then if I'm missing fish with fluorocarbon because of minimum amount of stretch, and I go back to mono. Same thing with crankbaits. Uh, generally speaking, uh, for fishing smallmouth with the small size crankbaits, I'll use uh, a braid without a fluorocarbon leader. Um, but here again, too, it varies so much. Uh, you know, you have to have the right rod tip to absorb some of that shock and also too then is that uh with if you're missing fish with fluorocom if they're shaking off then that means that you've got to get a little bit more stretch in that line and then uh fluorocom works extremely well but then i'll automatically switch to mono mm-hmm. yeah it's just and yeah this is something that you have to uh, have to be aware of and, and and to kind of go along with this as well is uh uh, line weight. You, you talked about having a you know a nickel like a ten pound uh, ten pound line. You know, effectively cuts it in half. You know, uh, having the right line weight is uh, is certainly uh, an important choice when you're you know in the store and, and certainly in the in the field as well. Oh yes, that's exactly correct. You know, and what we generally I'll just mention what I normally under. Just add, this is averages. Mm-hmm. Uh, for uh, fishing smallmouth and largemouth, I use a lot of 10-pound test line for plastics, mm-hmm. uh, mainly fluorocarbon. And then for uh, a tougher bite, uh, going down to 8 or maybe even a 6. But uh, generally speaking, uh, uh, with mono, I usually sort of use that same format, but also with braids. And I use quite a bit of braid, Kevin. Uh, the reason being one is, of course, it's, it's extremely sensitive. Uh, one, it's a real thin diameter, so it provides less drag resistance uh, in the water column, meaning uh, that your crankbait, for instance, especially with number fours or the small two, two-and-a-half-inch crankbaits, uh, you need to get that depth under most conditions. And because of the minimum amount of drag resistance, because of the diameter of that, floor, uh, that braid, uh, that's going to allow us to run somewhat deeper. I should mention also, too, for lead core, I do use 10-pound mono as a leader. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So it's it's important that you you make the right size choice as well in addition to the uh, correct type of line, whether, you know, it's mono or fluorocarbon or a braid or something along those uh, Something along those lines as well, and, and 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 like you mentioned earlier too, it's something that uh, you know I, I think a lot of people maybe overlook in terms of uh, their fishing tackle. I think we get uh, a lot of anglers get hung up on you know oh, choosing the right you know maybe the right uh, fishing rod or the right you know reel or something along those lines, and and, and certainly that's an, an important part of the decision making process, but. Uh, um, you know, it, it's it's some of those little details that <laughs> that certainly uh, you've you've got to be making uh, making the right calls on those small things as well, such as line, in order to uh, to to make it successfully on the on the water as well. 
Well, you're exactly right. You know, and, and Kevin, I think you and you brought up a really a good point there. Uh, you know, the rod has to match your fishing line, the species of fish, and then also the mood of these fish. So the line and the rod have to sort of go hand in hand, if you will. Uh, we always have to remember that the rod is a shock absorber, not the fishing line. And so, therefore, then that's why uh, it really goes to, you know, it has to go hand in hand. And I think just for, and most anglers have more than one rod. Today, uh, there's not one rod that matches all fishing conditions. And so just, you know, give it a thought process before you go out. How am I going to start and what am I going to use? And then that should match the rod and the fishing line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's all, everything, yeah, it's not just, you know, you can't just take the cane pole out and, and expect to go catch bass and panfish and everything all in one. It, those days are long gone. It's it's uh, uh, much more specialized than that, and 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 rightfully so. I mean, it, it just you know if you want to have success on the water, you kind of need to have the the right tools for the job, so to speak. Oh yes, that's exactly right. And you know, and I do work with Diawamp, but it, this response to all uh, species of fish, Kevin, all manufacturers, is that today's manufacturers are labeling the rods for like for drop shotting, uh, for crankbait rods. Uh, they're all specifically manufactured for that. Uh, uh, presentation and technique and that's why and it's because it's not because of the manufacturers it's because the, uh, the angling consumers demanding that uh, the specific rod for specific applications mm-hmm. yeah and and you know that's uh that's just where uh things are going and and you know uh, i mean it that's that's true in any case and and you know that's um that's just important i mean it, you, you know you have to have special tools for uh, specific things and and you know that's just uh, uh, you you want to have success on the water and that's how you have to do it so uh, that's exactly right yes very very much so well Terry I've got to uh, wrap things up here for uh, for today I appreciate uh, I appreciate you coming on and 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 talking about uh, about this as always thank you so much and uh, uh, certainly want to wish you uh, uh, the best this weekend and uh, hopefully you'll get a chance to get out and, and uh, we've got a beautiful weekend down here. I certainly hope uh, you've got a nice weekend uh, planned up uh, where you're at as well. So, Well, thank you so much. Yes, I'm going to be on the water again. So I've been fishing <laughs> uh, quite a little bit for all species of fish. Yep. All right. Well, Terry, you take care, and we will uh, we will talk to you again soon. Well, thanks, Kevin. Have a great day. And to all of our listeners, enjoy the weekend. All right. Thank you very much. Hey, I've got to wrap things up this Saturday. You take care, and we'll talk to you again next Saturday with another edition of WKTY Outdoors. You have yourself a tremendous weekend, and we'll talk to you next Saturday.